We are in a series at the moment called God With Us. Has it come on the screen? It has. What a great graphic. God With Us. And today we are going to look at the topic of Jesus with the sick. Um, But before I dive into that, I just want to acknowledge that I'm going to touch on some things that um, will might actually be painful for many of us in the room. And so I'm actually going to just start with some prayer. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and make this a really safe place as we look at Jesus with this topic, okay? So why don't, as we pray, you pray for yourself, but pray for the person sitting next to you. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, would you come? Would you come and fill this place? Show us what it means for you to draw near to us in sickness and in suffering. And for those of us in the room who are feeling raw, who might be hurting right now, would you make this a safe place Would you make us family together where we can bring all of ourselves, all of our emotions into this space and love each other well? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as I said, today we are looking at Jesus with the sick. And when we talk about the sick, it's a funny word, isn't it? Um, You may think, oh, I'm not the sick. I haven't had a positive COVID test. I, uh, you know, I don't have the disease that that person has. I don't have the chronic illness, um, you know, all that disability. But actually, we are all touched by sickness and death. We are all touched by sickness and death, every one of us. And this last two years has been characterised by worldwide sickness, fear of death and suffering on a mega scale. No one is exempt from sickness, whether it's temporary, life-threatening or chronic, whether it's sickness is in our minds, our bodies, our souls or our spirits. The world has been on a trajectory towards death since sin entered our story and until Jesus returns and his kingdom comes fully on this earth, we will live under the shadow of sickness and death. Cheery start to a sermon. Sorry about that. But the good news, the good news is that in Scripture we see again and again that it is It was those who suffer under this shadow of death with all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, oppression and disabilities who are powerfully healed and transformed as Jesus encounters them. Light and hope break into their lives and interrupt the trajectory of death. And at KXC, we believe that Jesus is still breaking into darkness today with his light, with his healing, with his hope. And we wholeheartedly believe that Jesus heals the sick today. And we've seen this happen and we continue to pray for this in our midst. But is knowing Jesus only good news for the sick when we see the healing? What about when healing hasn't happened? Or when we are waiting for breakthrough, 
What about the fact that we are still on this death trajectory, living in the now and the not yet of the kingdom? How does Jesus being with us change things? And today we're going to begin to explore that by looking at the story of Lazarus in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 11 and we're going to start at verse 17. So if you've read the, this Bible story before, um, you may have heard of it. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. He was the brother of Martha and Mary. And Jesus was actually in another town um, at the time that he receives word that Lazarus is very sick. And so Jesus goes to him, but by the time he gets there, Lazarus has already died. And this is where we pick up the story. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the, the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. We're going to just jump down to verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept, this, have kept this man from dying? Now, I've stopped at a very crucial point, haven't I? <laughs> For those who have read this story, you will know what happens next. Jesus has the tomb open, so he has this mega stone rolled away when there would be a smelly corpse inside, and he calls into the tomb in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he comes back to life. He comes back to life. Think the mummy, like he walked out with his bandages. Crazy and probably terrifying, but amazing. Um, and there are three things I want to unpack today about Jesus with the sick and suffering, which we see in this story. And so we'll go to the next slide. Oh, we're already there. The first one is Jesus breaks boundaries to be with the sick. Jesus suffers with the sick, and Jesus heals the sick. So let's look at Jesus breaking boundaries. The next slide. In this story, Jesus actually puts his life at risk to go and see Lazarus. So again, if you go back and read the beginning of this story, his disciples warn him not to go to the town as the religious authorities were trying to put him to death in that area. But he still goes. Out of his love for his friend and his friends, 
he puts himself at risk. Then, not only that, he goes to a tomb. He touches a tomb. He opens a tomb. Now, why is that significant? That is a major breaking of the purity laws that Jesus would have been expected to uphold at the time. So in those days, a Jewish man had to follow these purity laws to be able to worship God, to be acceptable to God. These included not touching death in any way, corpses or tombs, not touching lepers or those with diseases, not healing on the Sabbath. He did that quite a few times. Not letting anyone deformed or disabled into the temple which was the most holy place, and the list goes on. Those with chronic illness or disability in those days were seen as cursed or sinful, yet Jesus elevates them. Before they are healed, he accepts them as they are. He moves towards the sick with compassion and controversy. Throughout the gospel accounts, we see Jesus breaking many of these purity laws to be with the sick. He hangs out near tombs. This isn't isn't the only time. Go and look at the man who um, was oppressed by many demons who lived among tombs. Jesus makes a beeline for him. He touches the unclean, those who had leprosy, those um, with disabilities, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She would have been ceremonially unclean. He is not phased by these things. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. He brings the sick into the center of the temple. He gives time and preference to the marginalized. Time and preference. He eats with sinners. And he was greatly criticized for breaking these boundaries by the Pharisees. And that's part of the reason they wanted to put him to death. And when they ask him about why he does this, he responds, it is not the healthy who need a doctor It's the sick. If you are sick or suffering at the moment, whether you're in this room or watching at home, with physical or mental illness, with pain or grief, if you feel isolated, struggling to feel like you matter, know that Jesus has special preference for you. He breaks boundaries to be near you. You are welcome and accepted as you are. His priority is to encounter you with his love, with his hope, and with his healing. And a question for us as a church is, how are we crossing boundaries to love those in our community who are sick and suffering? Those who may be isolated by their sickness. And I know from what people have told me with chronic illness, it can be so, so isolating. Who may have additional needs and struggle to come to church and be in this building. How can we bring them into the centre of our church? How can we elevate them? Do you know Jesus was willing to be disrupted by these people? He was willing to offend others and have things get really messy in order to welcome those who were sick and marginalised. 
I felt I just wanted to talk a bit about growing hope right now. For those who are new to our church, you may not have heard of this, but it's an amazing charity that was begun by Naomi Graham, who's part of our church community. Um, And it provides free therapy and support for children with additional needs and their families. But not only that, the vision that growing hope has is for the church to become a place for those who have additional needs, including chronic illness, to feel loved, welcomed, and that they can belong, they can be at the centre. If this grabs your heart, and I know that there will be those in here right now that this is for you, if this grabs your heart, there are opportunities to volunteer right now with Growing Hope. Um, So do speak to Abby Page later. She was one of the girls um, dancing at the front earlier or email us. Um, We would love um, to hear from you if you're interested. But all that to say, this is the heart of Jesus. This is how the world will know what Jesus is like, that that those who are on the margins would be in the centre of the church community. Those who are broken, messy, complicated, in pain, placed at the centre, honoured as they are even before the healing comes. Jesus breaks boundaries. Next slide, Jesus suffers with the sick. So Jesus was moved with compassion for people. The word compassion comes from the Latin, which means literally to suffer with. It says in this account, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Take note, Jesus doesn't rebuke Mary from voicing her pain and her anger in her grief. He doesn't try to shut it down or give her a trite answer about trusting God and what it's all for. Even though he knew what God was about to do, he is deeply moved and troubled in his spirit. He weeps. And I don't think that this was a solitary tear running down his face. I think this was ugly crying, ugly crying. Jesus did ugly crying. (laughs) Gut-wrenching is what it describes. And we need to be real about the pain of sickness and death. It's actually outrageous. It's not the way it's meant to be. It's worth crying about. It's worth wailing about. Because unless we are first real about the pain, about the darkness that we find ourselves facing, then our hope in Jesus at worst could just be a form of denial or wishful thinking. But faith in Jesus doesn't deny suffering. Jesus stares death in the face here, his best friend's body in a tomb, and he is heartbroken about it. And some of you listening today need to hear that Jesus sees and feels your pain. The one who suffered identifies with your suffering and invites you to voice your pain in his presence There is nothing that you are going through that he is not intimately familiar with. 
and he draws near to you in this. He suffers with you. This is our Jesus. When we belong to Jesus, we are also called to suffer with others, to draw near with compassion, to pray for healing, yes, but also to love when the healing hasn't happened yet, to weep with those who weep, to listen, to allow anger and ranting and wailing. I don't think our church is noisy enough. I think every spectrum of emotion is welcome in this place. It's welcome in this place. I don't care if it goes against our culture. It's welcome in this place because we are the body of Christ and it does not offend him, so it shouldn't offend us. Jesus enters into the pain of people's experience and brings hope, not just through his healing, but through his proximity, who he is, his love. As I was thinking about how we could love people who are sick and suffering around us, the five love languages that Damalola mentioned on the very first um, sermon in this series came to mind. And if you're not familiar with those, um, they are words, touch, quality time, acts of service and gifts. And I just wondered, what if we all chose some of those love languages to communicate who God is to people who are going through this with our words, with our touch, with our time. My parents had a next-door neighbour for a really long time who was an elderly Italian lady who was very angry um, and lived on her own with her cat, who she loved. Um, She harboured a lot of bitterness towards others. Um, She was really estranged from all her friends and family. She was very mentally unwell and increasingly physically unwell to the point that the ambulance was called to her house most weeks and she spent increasing amounts of time in hospital. And over the last years of her life, my mum in particular spent a lot of a lot of time at her house, a lot of time visiting her, bringing her food, visiting her in hospital, cleaning her house, feeding the cat and just listening to her talk. And on occasion, my mum had opportunity to speak about God's love for her. But most of the time, this lady would just rant and rave in bitterness about how people had treated her, how bad everyone is in the world, um, just venting her paranoid delusions, basically. Um, And it would have been easier to not keep visiting. She wasn't easy company. But my mum carried God's heart of compassion for this lady. And she had the privilege of being one of the last people to sit with her in hospital and pray for her before she died. Do you know that Jesus so identifies with those who are sick and suffering that he says in Matthew 25 that whatever we do for them, we are actually doing it for him, for Jesus. Whatever you do for the least of my brothers and sisters, you are doing it for me. Next slide. Jesus heals the sick. So in the story about Lazarus, Jesus does the ultimate healing here, doesn't he? He raises Lazarus from the dead. 
something I'm yet to see in my lifetime, but my life is not over yet. And he demonstrates through this that he has all power and all authority over death. It is a preview for what Jesus is about to do himself, to die and be raised to life. And this resurrection life actually breaks out wherever Jesus is to whoever comes to him for healing. And this is still the same Jesus. But it's worth saying that there are three different types of healing that we can experience. There is miraculous healing, which is instant, more Lord. There is incremental healing. This can be healing that happens over a period of time and also involves mental, mental, medical intervention um, and therapies. And then there is eternal healing, which is here for us today and forever. It is the bigger picture that though our bodies will die, we will live We are reconciled to God forever and one day we will rise with him. And the word for healing that is used in the Bible whenever Jesus spoke forgiveness over someone, delivered them or physically healed them is sozo, the same word which encompasses saved, healed and delivered. It is not just about the physical healing but it is about being restored to God set free from sin and oppression, to be redeemed and made whole in every way and to be with him forever. But while we are on the earth, we are commissioned to pray for healing, to lay hands on the sick and the suffering and the oppressed and heal in Jesus' name. It is our inheritance to do the things that Jesus did on the earth. And at KXC, we have seen miracles of healing in our midst, of pain disappearing, of food allergies going, of backs being healed, joints being restored, prognosis being reversed. Um, We've seen people be released from fear, depression, hopelessness, isolation and addiction. Some of this has been instant. Some of it has been progressive and is ongoing. And we long to see more healing. And we will have opportunity to pray today for healing, for God to break in with his resurrection power, with his life. But also, just to mention, um, Seek First tomorrow night, which is happening at the Ethiopian Church, there's going to be a focus on physical healing there. So do come along to that as well. I just want to confess something. In, In the lead up to giving this sermon, I struggled quite a lot. Um, I've spoken about healing at this church more than once before and the last time was in 2019 and as I went back and looked at my notes, I was so full of faith. I had so many testimonies. Um, It's been two years and I haven't seen much healing. I haven't seen much healing and and I found myself like Mary (laughs) crying out like, Lord, if you had done something, people wouldn't have died. We wouldn't have seen this pandemic claim so many lives. We wouldn't see so much mental health going on. And I just felt the Lord speak to me just in his quiet voice. I just had the line from the Lord's prayer that he teaches us to pray. Pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
He's given us this prayer to pray, not to tease us, because, but because it is possible, because it is still his promise that when we pray for his kingdom to come, for heaven to break in here on the earth, that things happen and it is the foretaste of what will come in full. It is what we're called to do. Doesn't stop it hurting though, does it? When we see miracles of healing, it's a bit like the sun breaking in from behind a dark storm cloud, isn't it? It takes our breath away. It's like this vision of a greater reality where we go, it's all real. Heaven is there. Jesus is powerful. He is on the throne. And we know in that moment, oh, he's always been there. It's always been there, hidden behind this cloud, this darkness where it can be hard to see. And we know and we see in the Bible that one day the sun will come out fully from behind this cloud. And this age of darkness will be done away with forever. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? That's better. I want to see um, healing from miraculous healing from cancer and every kind of illness and disease in my lifetime. But more than that, this is what I'm looking forward to. When I have that angst and groaning, it's because until that day, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough because there shouldn't be death. There shouldn't be sickness and suffering. But we get to be a people of faith that look to that day and say, Lord, bring it forward now. Lord, let it come soon. Lord, break in with your power. Break in with your power. And he does. And he is in our midst. He is in our midst. The fact that Jesus conquered death changes everything for us. Back to the Lazarus story, Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is Jesus' question to us today. Do you believe this? That I am the risen saviour that all of this death and darkness is under my feet. It is on the way out. He not only comforts us now with his presence, but he puts deep hope in our hearts that this is not the end. When we encounter the risen Jesus by his spirit, not just as a nice idea, and for those that... um, are facing death yourself or or diagnosis uh, or have family members that are, you know that it can't just be an idea. That's when poo just got real, isn't it? It needs to be a reality. It needs to be an encounter with the risen Jesus because then we don't need to fear death because he is with us and we know the end of the story. I just want to honour, I've got more to say, but there are so many brave people sitting in this room right now. Um, And I wish I could tell all of your stories because they're just brave, brave people who are holding on to risen Jesus, who are holding on, who are just holding on by being in the room. 
It's like you've been through a war and you drag yourself here every Sunday. I just want to see it. Say, we see you. We see that. We see that. Jesus is here for you. Jesus is here for you. This is the end of our story. It says in Revelation, they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. This is our story. And in my role at KXC, I've had the privilege of walking alongside many people in the midst of sickness, grief and suffering. Um, and one of those people is my friend Corin Hull, who many of you may know um, in the KXC community. And I actually asked Corin's permission to share some of her story today. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, but over the last few years, Corin has had two very close family members die. And she currently has two more close family members living with cancer and experiencing significant pain. And for one of those family members in recent years, there have been moments of breakthrough and miraculous healing um, that has come through prayer and medical intervention, which means they are still alive today. Yet they are currently in significant pain and there is an ongoing battle it has been a long road of hope and discouragement, breakthrough and disappointment, light and darkness. And I asked Corin, um, I had a phone call with her and I just asked her how she personally experiences Jesus with her in the midst of this. Um, and this is some of what she said. I hold on to hope through speaking to Jesus. He gives me a confidence and faith that is not of myself. I've chosen to follow him, so I hold on to his promises. There are dark times, but I bring my memories of pain and trauma to him in worship. As I sing, we do not grieve like those without hope. I use it to pray. Jesus didn't take away every pain on the earth, but we can come to him in every pain. Jesus entered our suffering. He entered into the forgotten feeling of why have you forsaken me and take this cup away from me. By his wounds, we are healed. Letting out my pain to God allows him to comfort me. When I can't sleep, he's the one I talk to. I don't need to be afraid of death. Death is not the end. I have a picture of my family members who have died being full of joy in heaven. The promises of revelation and knowing what is to come is what allows me to have joy in the present. There is a day when my family members will have well bodies again. I pray that that will break in now. But even if the worst happens, I can have peace. It will be okay because I trust in his promises. I believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead and that changes everything. Everything. 